Welcome to Women of the Northwest, a podcast where I interview ordinary women leading extraordinary lives. This is episode 52, the start of the new year in 2023. Thank you for joining us. I'm sure you will enjoy this episode. They talked a lot about how they'd noticed changes in the weather patterns Hmm. since they were young. They were saying, yeah, when we were young, it was super predictable. We knew exactly when the rainy Mm -hmm. season was going to start, when it would finish, when we could plant, when we would harvest, like down to the day almost. Like it was really incredible. Um, But they were saying in the last, you know, decade, two decades, the pattern has just kind of started falling apart Mm. and they don't know what's going on anymore. Mm. Hello, welcome to Women of the Northwest Summer Spell. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. (laughs) So your dad's been telling me about what a wonderful, great experiences you had. You're doing some documentary film. I am, yeah. yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah, so, um, well, I guess I'll back up a bit. Um, I graduated from Azusa Pacific University and my degree was global studies. Okay. Um, it's a really cool program, but part of it had us do a semester in Uganda at a Christian university there. So we we're just mm. like taking classes and some people were living on campus with Ugandan roommates and I had a host family there who I lived with and I also did an internship at a local organization while I was there. And that organization works with elderly Ugandans, mostly mm. farmers. Mm. Um who are struggling against poverty or just have a lot of grandchildren that they're supporting um, without much support from their community. So I just got to kind of tag along in the fields and just hear stories from these, I mean, like 80, 90 year old folks. Um, And something like what I do. Yeah, basically. Um, (laughs) And something that I noticed they talked a lot. um, And the sun was getting harsher on their crops things mm. were burning up or it would rain too much and there would be flooding and all this crazy stuff so um mm. yeah i was really surprised to hear about that so you know i came back home finished my degree um and then i just yeah those stories stuck with me and i thought that you know i never heard anyone talk so plainly about climate change affecting their yeah. daily life you know and just right. a casual conversation I right it's like People don't talk like that here, and it's not like we're connected to the land, and it's not like we're living off of it, trying to grow yeah. all our own food. Right. Um, so, yeah, I just... Like, it's make it or break it there. It really is. Yeah. yeah. It's just, like, month by month, just affecting their lives, and uh, I just thought if people here knew that and could hear that, then maybe at least a few more people would be motivated to try to make change. <laughs> and make some change. Um, and so, yeah, that's how the idea for the project got started. At yeah. first, I was maybe thinking a book, but then some friends were like, well, what about a documentary? Like, that's so accessible yeah. to so many people. Yeah. And I'm not in film, but I thought it was a good idea. Uh-huh. Um, so through some professors from the university, was able to get connected to a Ugandan cinematographer, Alvin. Um, and we're really good friends now. And we've just been <laughs> working together this past year. Um interviewing and translating and driving around so when you're doing your interviews are are they some of them are english but not all of them 
so they were all in Luganda, which is one of mm-hmm. 52 languages spoken in right. Luganda. Um, yeah, so we ended up picking five families, mm-hmm. and we followed them over the course of one harvest cycle. So really? from the time they planted to the time they harvested. And, yeah, they all had different experiences. You know, some lived, you know, two hours away from each other. And even just that two-hour drive, like, they would have completely different weather patterns. Like, Interesting. from village to village. So one family got rain in January and planted then and was able to harvest, like, the beginning of May. Hmm. And another family, um, they didn't end up planting till April. And they harvested in August. Really? It just should not be like that. Everyone was supposed to plant in February. Like, that's February that's, 15th. That was that's it. when everyone used to plant. <laughs> but now that's just all over the map. And some did well and got good harvests. And some, like, they just lost almost everything that cycle. So Wow. Yeah. And so what do they usually plant? What, um, what kind of major crops? Major crops are beans, corn, um, ground nuts, or I guess peanuts mm-hmm. is what we call them. And um, just, like, assorted vegetables, pumpkin, squash, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to yeah. Hungary this last summer in September. And um, all of their – I mean, they grow corn, massive amounts of yeah. corn. But it was all shriveled up and died. They just Ugh. did not – they had drought. There was so much – not enough rain, and they don't really irrigate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. here we have so much irrigation and everything. Like, we – if it's dry, we won't notice because yeah. we can just pump it from somewhere. But if it doesn't yeah. rain there, like, there's literally nothing that can do. <laughs> That's it. And they don't have any – you know, and, and – I mean, it's eating corn and it's feed corn and it's corn syrup and it's corn in other products mm-hmm. and everything, you know. So your whole mile after mile of just this dead, Ugh, that's uh, so dead shriveled up corn that just never got to where it could really produce and everything was yeah. really sad. <laughs> it is really sad. And another problem that a lot of families faced was pests, I guess, from changing weather patterns or it's bringing in different kinds of pests different kinds of pests and also like clear cutting is destroying habitat for a lot of different Uh, animals so especially monkeys where they used to just like have food in the forest they're uh now coming into human spaces and eating from there because they don't have anywhere else to go yeah and um are there different insect pests as well yeah Yeah. lots of insects too are like Uh coming out of the forest because there's just not space for them anymore and they're just having to eat people's crops. And, yeah, it's really cool. Were you, before you did all of this, were you interested or taking an interest in climate change? Yeah, I think um, even though my degree was global studies, um, we talked about climate change a lot as, like, one of the global issues. So in a lot of my classes, like the papers I ended up writing or the research stuff that I did, I was usually focusing on environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, okay, let's get down to some, like, nitty-gritty. So you yeah. get over there, and, I mean, you, your professors had helped you line up somebody that could help with the videography mm-hmm. and over there. Yeah. Do you speak any of the languages there? You're... Just some phrases, you know, enough to say hi and yeah. be friendly. But, um, but not the really interview so... itself, we were just going through a translator. Translating everything. Um, yeah, which Google is tricky. But... <laughs> <laughs> which probably there's in every language that you needed, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. But the people were um, open to 
being filmed and to tell yeah, their story. I'm really to... excited to share. Uh-huh. And um, before we picked our five families, we had interviewed, I think, 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there was a mix of people excited and not excited. So we just found five who were open and excited and had, you know, different stories. Mm-hmm. You know, we wanted a mix. You know, we have one single lady, we have a couple, a pair of sisters, mm-hmm. a wealthier family, you know. Yeah. Just... Trying to mix it up. Uh But they're all super great and just, yeah, wonderful storytellers. (laughs) So what happens? So now you've got the recording, then you've got to do some editing, and then who will produce it and where will it go? Um, Well, we're shooting for American audiences. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to show people how, uh, like, our lifestyles are tied to Mm -hmm. systems of food and transportation that's, like, causing damage for other people. So we want to show it. Um, in the U.S. as widely as possible, and if we can get to Canada or Europe, other mm-hmm. meeting places, that would be great. Um, so right now we have most of our footage. Mm-hmm. Um, our interviews are done. You know, there's a few little shots here and there that we need to go back that sure. we kind of miss. But otherwise, we're in post-production. Um, we're pretty close to getting a mock-up done. So, um, like, all the rough pieces are kind of patched together. Uh-huh. And then once we get that together... Um, start showing it to like friends, families, um, you know, coworkers, other students. Maybe at feedback. a film festival or something. And um, well, for we'll do a first be... round of feedback, mm-hmm. and then we'll take like what people say, and then try to get a more refined version. But then, yeah, film festivals, anything really. I mean, we're still having conversations with people about what options for distribution are, because you know, you can try to do it yourself, or you can sell it to somebody, or <laughs> it's been it's a big just, learning it, curve, hasn't it's it? It's been such a huge learning curve, uh-huh. and again, I did not do anything in film for school at all <laughs> so so um, do you feel like you want to do more in there or to study that more or um i don't know i think or is it's this hard a to say i think for now i'm feeling like it's a one-time project you know i think um with my internship and you know family and friends there like i did have a particular connection to this story mm-hmm. and an opportunity to share this particular story but Outside of that, I don't know what else I would do. Yeah. It'd almost be interesting to do the same thing in some other countries. Somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have it kind of down as to how you did it, you know, the process and whatever. It wouldn't be hard to translate that into. Into somewhere else. Yeah. So I guess I'll see after distribution how that goes and, you know, how people receive it. If people are wanting more, then think about it. Yeah. No, it is yeah. it's a lot of work. And it is really a, draining. <laughs> all of it is a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you're living in a different, where were you living when you were there? Just a little house yeah. out in the village. So, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. And you ate Ugari and what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mostly rice and beans. Rice and beans. Yeah. Rice mm-hmm. and beans. Well, we went to Tanzania for a few weeks and, uh, yeah. Yeah. That was my Africa experience. Was yeah. <laughs> neighbors? I'm sure, there's a lot of overlap for food, yeah, know, climate and stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Huh. And so, hmm. Did did the people you talked to were they feeling hopeful that the message would be an impact in some sort, or were they just kind of, oh, this is kind of fun, let's just do it? Or <laughs> I think it can be really hard to imagine stopping changing the weather mm-hmm. like that's so huge mm-hmm. um, well it is it is huge and who knows if we'll actually pull it off or not um 
So I think it, it kind of felt like a shot in the dark, but it does to all of us, I think, that maybe this could make a difference. Yeah. Um, but and I think it's all share. the little pieces together, you know, yeah. and everything. But but so um, let's just talk philosophy a little bit here. Mm-hmm. What do you, um, you know, there's the people that say it's all climate changes because of our actions. And then there are people who say that it's, well, it's just... You know, climate changes happened before in the past, and now it's just happening again. Where are you on that? Um, I mean, I think, sure, the climate has changed in the past, but those were huge cycles over millennia. This is, the judges have seen it in their lifetime. And, you know, February 15th for planting, that schedule goes back hundreds and hundreds of generations right. as far as they can remember mm-hmm. and now it's all changed in two decades yeah something's going on yeah yeah and then you know they've seen factories go up and they've seen forests be cleared and swamps filled for construction and they've seen that affect the rain patterns in mm-hmm. their local microclimates so mm-hmm. Yeah, they know, and I believe that it's like current actions in this century that are causing these changes. Yeah, are these people that you were the farmers were were they educated, you know, or did they, you know, just go to school just through grade school or something, or were they people who were or the, a mixture, bag. kind of a Depends mixture on of the people? Family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think what they all had was family knowledge mm-hmm. passed down. Yeah, they because there's the a lot of yeah, story they know They know the food that they're growing and they know the forests and the mm-hmm. swamps and they have like just a deep knowledge of that that I yeah. just really respect and, yeah. and trust too. Yeah. 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 It'd be it would be interesting like even to do like say the same kind of thing with people in the Midwest even, you know, or something mm-hmm. because it is changing everywhere. You know, yeah. our, even this year. So we live on a farm and my husband mm-hmm. has mainly sheep, but also grows blueberries and corn and pumpkins for the great school kids to come get. Yeah. But we didn't normally he'll plant it around the first of June. He couldn't even begin to plant till the middle of July. Wow. So the corn wasn't ripe until like, Close to October. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Farmers, indigenous people, they're the first to notice yeah. climate change mm-hmm. and are also the most impacted by it. So, and well, all and, over the world. <laughs> and there's no doubt that it's changing. Yeah. You, know, you look at an ice storm here the other day, like that's what <laughs> I've never seen that. <laughs> I mean, I'm only 23, but I've not seen ice like that ever. Yeah. <laughs> so isn't strange. that, yeah. yeah, there's things happening. So what's next on your agenda? What are you thinking? Still just wrapping up this project. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to think too far ahead. I just want to focus on what I'm doing right Mm -hmm. now. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'd love to, like, personally be more connected to the land to maybe do an agricultural program or apprenticeship or something like that with gardening. Um, I just love being outside. You maybe connect with the food web. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually have an interview with somebody from the food book. <laughs> oh, exciting. <laughs> and, of course, your family's glad to have you back here. Yeah. Even are. for a brief time before you go off to something else. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and interesting. Yeah, it's good to be home. <laughs> what do you think that we every day could make the biggest change from, 
you know, in the changing our lifestyles or what we're doing? Yeah. Um, it's tricky because, you know, one individual lifestyle change is kind of just a drop in the bucket on a problem as huge as this. But I think, you know, trying to use less plastic or trying to eat food that's local or sustainably grown or consume products that are sustainably and ethically made, even if those like quantity wise don't make a difference. I think what they do is they make people confront Mm -hmm. systems that our lives are run off and you realize, Oh, it is really difficult to Mm -hmm. live like this. And I feel like I'm really going against the current. And I think when people try to make individual change, it really opens their eyes to the systems mm-hmm. of the world. And that's really impactful because once you start seeing it, you can't unsee it. And then, yeah, then you talk true. yeah, and then you share. And that's when, you know, you build momentum and mm-hmm. more people start wanting to make change. Yeah. So. And I think, too, like your generation really needs to start thinking about I me. Mean, we've already made our mess. <laughs> Right. It's our problem now. For you, and it's your problem now. But, yeah. nah, but seriously, it's, you know, you will be the generation that really will start impacting change, mm-hmm. you know, because you can see already the things that have changed and, yeah. you know, be thinking of. Mm. Yeah, there's so many things. I saw an article today about roads that they're paving with non-recyclable plastics. Yeah. Thanks. And uh, yeah, it's just like good. Something yeah. that's going to make a good use out of, you know, the stuff we are just thinking. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say maybe, um, I don't know if you've heard of the book, Animal Vegetable Miracle by Barbara Kingsolver. No. Uh-huh. Fantastic read. Um, oh, she tells about. She do- oh, I, okay. Yeah. I think I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just her family's journey of um, like getting in touch with like eating only what they can get, I think, within an hour's drive from their house. And they mm-hmm. do that for a year. Um, and I mean, it was hard, but ended up being like really bountiful and community building mm-hmm. and healthier. Um, so I People read that. Yeah. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are there other good books that you've read there that you would recommend to people? Um, see, well, my favorite documentary is The Biggest Little Farm. And oh, my daughter showed that to it's us. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. It's so yeah. great. I'm not sure all of it could really happen or not. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we watched but it's it. Just, yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, other books. Oh, let me think. Um, or the story of too, more yeah. by oh, who's that by? Maybe I'll look up who that's by. Yeah. It's a really great read. Um, but it just kind of walks through how we got where we are mm-hmm. as far as what's happening with climate change, why it's happening, and she goes sector by sector. You know, agriculture, fishing, plastic, pesticides, ocean, watershed. She just like mm-hmm. goes through all of those. Um, the story of Mo, the story of more by Hope Jaron. Oh, okay. And I think it's like really accessible online too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's free. It's up there. You can just find it. Oh, okay. Um, and that's a fantastic read and was helpful for me and you know thinking through the storytelling mm-hmm. for this project and you know how I want to portray what's going on. And then a podcast um, specifically about climate change is um how to save a planet that was really fun oh okay Um, those are the ones i like yeah and that have been probably really impactful for me (laughs) 
That's great. You'll be uh, you'll be one of those people that at the end of your life, people are going to say, this girl made a difference. <laughs> I hope so. I'm really trying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Summer. This is really interesting. I think uh, a lot of people are going to enjoy listening to this. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Thanks again for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you go to my website, jan-johnson.com, you'll be able to see more photos of Summer and her trip to Uganda, as well as the links to the books and other resources that she mentioned. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you again next time.